0: Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. Our hope is to inspire, refresh, and encourage you to be lights in a dark world. This week, we continue a series called Improving Your Serve. If you do find this message inspiring or motivational, please follow Pastor Cedric or Commitment Church on Facebook and Instagram. Download our podcast on Anchor.fm, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Now, filling in for Pastor Cedric, here's Pastor Ken Jones. All right, We've been.
1: Uh, this is week four of improving your serve. The purpose of this sermon series is to encourage the body of Christ to understand the importance of serving within their local church, and to earnestly seek God. This is for the body to earnestly seek God, as to where He has assigned them as He wills. Our first uh, sermon was about the that Pastor Jose talked about was their space to serve. Uh, And it's important to know that there's space to serve. Sometimes it's been said a couple of times. It may appear as though we've got it all together, Uh, everything runs very smoothly, so we don't need help. To which I say, yes, we do. Uh, There are many people here that wear many hats and do many things and uh, are overworked, underpaid, and uh, we need your help. There is always space to serve in the House of God. Uh, Then the second week it was in, it's Christ that we serve, and it's important to remember that. Um, If you volunteer to serve, uh, please understand that you're not serving me, or Sarah, or Pastor Cedric, but you're serving Christ. Uh, We are the body of Christ, we serve each other, but it's Christ ultimately that we serve. Uh, Last week, Pastor Mike talked about how serving benefits us Uh, and to remember that that benefit is not a physical benefit, it's not a monetary benefit, you're not going to get paid, sorry, Um, but hey, uh, you will be benefited through the Spirit of God and spiritually you'll grow, spiritually you'll become more like Christ Uh, and therein, lies the benefit, you'll find a peace uh, and a joy that you've never understood uh, because of Christ. Uh, today we're going to talk about serving through love. Um, go to Galatians, please chapter 5. I want to start there. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. It says, "You were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now before I go any further, I think it's important to understand this love. This is that same love that we talk about all the time, that agape love, that love that comes from God, that love that comes through Christ, that love that you can only show with the Holy Spirit of God within you. Which leads me to say one thing, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you have never taken the opportunity to put your total faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross, as Taylor spoke about very clearly, you can't experience this love. So your service, if you're helping little old ladies across the street or whatever it is you're doing that you think are good works, mean nothing. So let me take you through a quick walk down the Romans Road. Because if you haven't really taken the opportunity to trust Christ, before I go any further, I want to make sure it's really clear in your hearts and in your minds that you are a Christian, that you have trusted Christ, that you are saved. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us has done something against God's law. Not one person, alive or dead, is perfect, with the exception of Jesus Christ. I know it ain't me. Romans 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you sin, you will die. But that death is not physical death. That death is separation from God. Let me explain it to you this way. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross of Calvary, he was wearing the sins of all humanity for all time. And because of that, he had to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God the Father had to turn his back on God the Son because he can't be in the presence of sin. Neither can we. We can't be in the presence of God when we're carrying our sin, so it has to be removed. But we can't remove it because we have sin. Only through the sinless sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross, can we become sinless? I don't mean that means you're not going to sin anymore. It just means that your sins can be removed from you as far as the east is from the west. So you've done one little thing wrong, and I'm here to tell you, when God looks at sin, from murder to the little white lie, they're all the same. They all bring about the same conclusion. Bless you. So no matter what you have done, whatever you're... How many people do you know say to you, I don't think God will ever turn me away because I'm a pretty good person. I, I'm okay. You know, I, I haven't killed anybody or you know, kicked little kids or anything. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you ain't going to get there. Because that's not what it's about. It's about him and him alone. So the love that we're talking about here is demonstrated in Romans 5.8, which says, but God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we hated him, he loved us to the point of death. Remember that he left heaven, that wonderful, beautiful place that we're all anxious to get to, to come down here and take on this flesh, to let it be beaten, bruised, and bloodied because he loved you so much. That's agape love. That's selfless love. That's unconditional love. That's the love we're called to carry in our service to the body of Christ. Let me finish with this. Romans 10, 9, and 10. And this is where I think sometimes things get lost, and I want to make sure you get this clear. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus, Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation look James says the demons believe and tremble you think for a minute that Satan doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord you think Satan doesn't know that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh and died on the cross for the sins of his people? He sure does. Believing it doesn't get you there. You have to confess. It's clear. You have to confess to a holy, don't confess to me. <laughs> I ain't no good either. You have to confess to a holy God. That you recognize the fact that you can't make yourself good enough for heaven. Because you sin and that the only payment for that sin is the blood of Jesus and you want that for your life and I think sometimes we miss this part of the salvation message I think sometimes we think yeah I believe I'm alright Believing's not enough when you put your faith in Christ you tell him and you let him know that you've put your faith in Christ understand what love is. Now, maybe we could take a look at serving with love. So, let's go back to Galatians, please, chapter 5. Oh, wait, I want to go somewhere else first. Sorry about that. Ephesians chapter 2, because I want to understand where this stuff, how this ties together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and we, those of us that have, uh, been through vacation bible school a lot no ephesians 2 8 9 it says, by grace you're through faith not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast now let me get to this real quick when you get a gift at Christmas time what do you do with it yeah you open that sucker up because you want to know what it is the gift of God is eternal life but if you don't open it i want to make sure this is real clear, guys. If, if you're unsure, you know, now's the time. While I'm sitting here blabbing, take the time, pray to God. Confess, man. Open the gift. Don't wait. Verse 10 is the one that's interesting because if we, he just, Paul just talked about, okay, you're saved through faith. It's not because you did anything good. But, verse 10, for with the heart of a person, I'm sorry, um, <clears throat> for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You were created to do good works in the name of Jesus Christ. You weren't created to sit in the pew and hear somebody speak up front. You were created specifically with a specific gift. You have a gift that God gave you that enables you to work for him. But it's your responsibility to exercise that gift. Now, it would probably help if you knew what it was. And we just happen to have a spiritual gifts assessment that we do as part of our next step process. Go see Larry in the back, he'll tell you. He'll sign you up. Um, But in that spiritual gift assessment, it's just a small little answer a bunch of questions kind of thing. And then at the end, they put it all together, and it says, okay, this is the giftedness that you have. But as you recognize what your spiritual gifts are or what God has gifted you in, it's not our responsibility to tell you that, hey, this is your gift and this, you need to do this. No, you need to be along with God and say, okay, God, you've given me this gift, now what? Because trust me, He'll make it really clear what He wants you to do. But you have been created for good works. All right, Galatians chapter 5, please want to believe in this too much. Galatians chapter 5, we'll start with verse 15. And our first point here is, love, loving service destroys not. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Um, I always look at this as the concept of legalism. Uh, a lot of times we set up rules, and if you obey these rules, you're good. If you look at uh, the, the Jewish rabbis back in Jesus' time, they had about 377 rules or some ridiculous number like that, that we called it a series of fences. And the concept is, is you build a fence that, if you that, that, that is like the sin is over here, the fence is over here. And this fence is meant to keep you from getting to this sin. So we, if you climb over this fence, you still really haven't gotten to the sin, but that's considered a sin. So you have this series of rules that if you disobey those rules, all of a sudden that becomes sin. That's legalism. And what that does is it, it, it causes us to start judging each other. Well, we have this rule and you disobeyed this rule, you can't serve. Even though that rule wasn't sin, but it was meant to keep you from sin. But, and, and you can see how messy it gets. And then what ends up happening is we end up biting each other. To the point where we'll devour each other and it'll devour a church. We need to stay away from that. We cannot judge each other. That, but I'll tell you what you can do is go look in a mirror. Because that's the person you need to be judging. Uh, Galatians goes from 16 to 26, which says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are an opposite to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. That takes us back to point 1. Okay. All right, but now the verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, and here's the list, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and in case we missed anything, things like these. Of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. No, you cannot lose your salvation. That's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying that if you make this confession, so to speak, before God, and continue to do these things, that confession probably came from here and not here. And you may want to need to check, have a, do a heart check. Uh, I call it a fire drill. Sometimes people don't want to burn in hell. so Well, I'll just say this prayer so I I know I'm not going to burn in hell. Uh, That comes from here and not here. You may want to look at it again. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Note it's singular fruit. You who are believers, who have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, will exercise every one of those items in there those will be evident in you. If they are not evident in you, it's because there's a struggle somewhere between you and God that you need to work out. And you need to say, okay, God, what is it I'm messing up here? Please reveal to me my sins so that I can confess and repent and move on. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. Loving service is Spirit-led. So we need to walk by the Spirit in order to be able to justify. I remember what I began all this with was that agape love, right? What's that first thing in the fruit list? Love. Because without love, you won't have joy. Without joy, you won't have peace. Step it right on through. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. says, Brethren, if anyone is caught in, a trust, in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. The loving service restores. And that it says, you who are spiritual. That takes us right back to Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. If you are exercising... The fruit of the spirit in your life, you're spiritual enough to be able to help someone else who has fallen. Now, why would God want why would Paul sit here and talk about why God through Paul would tell us that if we're spiritual, we can help restore someone? Because if we're not walking in the spirit and we try to restore someone, we're both going to fall. Because we're weak. Because we're trusting in our own strength to try to restore someone instead of trusting in the Spirit of God. But if we're trusting in the Spirit of God, we won't sit there and judge that person who has fallen. We will restore them with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. I mean, think about it for a minute. If, 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 if you get caught and someone comes up to you and starts telling you how bad you are, is that going to make you run to the church? Or run out the door. Because, see, so many of us, when we realize that we've sinned somewhere, somehow, in some way, this is the last place we want to go. Because here we're scared to death that we'll face judgment. But the only one that can judge is We can't judge, it's not called for us to judge, it's called for us to restore. So when a brother or sister in Christ falls, it's when we should come around with open arms and lead them back to the throne of grace. Lead them back to the God who's, who forgives. First John 1.9 is really clear, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It, it, it sounds too easy. You know, we should, when we're caught in a sin, we feel like we should be on our hands and knees crawling to Mecca. No. We just confess and repent. We make it hard. (laughs) But it's not. But it can seem hard because of what we sense as judgment from others. Guys, let's be spiritual. Let's restore each other because each one of us is going to fall. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens, thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Loving service is supportive. Let's look at Romans 13, 10. Keep your fingers in Galatians for those of you that are flipping through Scripture. And look at Romans chapter 13 and verse 10. Romans 13, 10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Which makes me jump right to Matthew 22. It's typical me, isn't it? <laughs> Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God. This is Jesus speaking, about the way. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Gosh, it really simplifies things, doesn't it? We think living a Christian life is really hard. There's all these sacrifices I've got to make. My goodness, how can I live this way? This love. Love God with everything you got. And then love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. Now, you have that person that says, Well, I don't like me. I don't like me at all, as a matter of fact. Maybe you feed yourself, don't you? You go out and buy yourself clothes, don't you? Live in a nice house, decent house, got a car to drive, got a job. Can't help yourself that much. And look, if you do, it's sin. Because God loves you so much, he sent Christ to die for you. That's how valuable you are. For you to say that I'm not valuable means you're telling God you don't know what he's talking about. Who are you to tell God that? You are valuable. Each and every human being on the earth today is valuable to God because he died for each one of us individually. If you were the only person on earth forever, he still would have died for you. So if you're not loving yourself, there's something wrong. There's sin between you and God, and you've got to clean it up. But we need to show that love for God that takes every part of you. Now, think about that for a minute. If we're talking about that in the concept of service. We have to exemplify God's love. That's agape, right? And, and that example was given to us through Jesus Christ, who sacrificed everything. So why is it... Uh, uh, let me put it this way. We just did vacation Bible school this week. I'm here to tell you it was a blast. But then, I'm a nut and I love kids, so... It works for me. Uh, but I'm, but how many, I don't know, 20, 25 people were here all week helping and assisting in Vacation Bible School, teens uh, and adults alike. And, uh, and these people are working a job. They get done four or five o'clock, they race home, throw something down their throat, change their clothes, grab their Bible, run out the door, come to church, and have to be here happy, joyful, excited, jumping around with kids, get home by 9, 9.30, finally get a bite to eat. Go to bed, get up, and do it all over again for five days. That's a workout, folks. It's literally a workout. And by Saturday morning, you're throwing the alarm clock across the room. Because you don't feel like getting out of bed, because every muscle in your body hurts. That's why I got the chair here. But there's a joy and an excitement for serving God that's still inside everyone that was working in Vacation Bible School. If you don't believe me, ask them. Because I'm going to tell you that. And that little sacrifice compared to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ fulfilled all the law of the prophets. Because it showed the love of Christ to a bunch of kids. But not only to a bunch of kids, but to a bunch of other adults who were also here, who were also serving, who are enthused and encouraged by the examples of others. That's how 25 people can show up to work in Vacation Bible School, because there were 24 others doing the same thing. So we're not only helping the kids to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we're also helping each other by serving each other. You see how that works? But serving creates sacrifice. And the biggest issue I think I know that I have when I'm called to serve is that I don't want to give up my personal time. I got a lawn to mow. I got electric work to do. the Plumbing leaks. Wife wants me home. Husband wants me home. I got work to do. Overtime to work. I need money. We have all these things that we put before God because we're not willing to sacrifice because it makes us uncomfortable. Do you think Jesus was uncomfortable? Well, it makes us think we're better. You get get the drift here, guys? Yes, we're called to serve. We're called to serve through love, but that love means sacrifice. Think about a marriage. If your marriage is totally self-serving, it'll fail. If your marriage is totally about serving your spouse, you'll go on forever. I'm here to tell you that the 39 years it works. Our service for God is the same. We don't serve God to make ourselves happy. We serve God for others. Okay. Uh, Galatians 6, verses 3 and 4. If your finger's stuck in there, pull it back out. Galatians 6, verses 3 and 4. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. For each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not regard to another. Loving service avoids pride. And I, I don't think I need to go too far with that. It's pretty obvious. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through self-ambition or conceit. Listen carefully. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And just for... Just to let you know, that verse does away with racism. Because not a one of us is better than somebody else. Galatians 6, verse 5. For each one will bear his own load. (laughs) It's pretty simple, isn't it? Loving service is responsible. Load is a task or service spoken of of the burden of one's own responsibilities and failures. So you have to bear your own responsibilities. Take care of yourself. But if you fail you have to accept the responsibility of your failure. Which goes against everything that you see on TV today. Because if you watch any news, it's always, it's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault, it's not my fault, it's somebody else's fault. Ask a kid, when he's caught doing something wrong, you did this wrong, the first thing he's gonna say is, he made me do it, she made me do it, this person said that, they did this. Never Never in your life will you hear a politician stand up and say, I messed up, I made a mistake, please forgive me. And in the process, they're teaching our children that it's not their fault that they sin. And in that process, we have failed our kids. And in that process, we fail ourselves. We have to bear the responsibility of our own failures and fess up before God and before each other. Which is why we're called, what does it say in Proverbs, is iron sharpens iron. A man will sharpen the countenance of his friend. Uh, we need lots of those kinds of friends to help our iron get some sharp, sharpened and done. I need people to say to me, you know, Pastor Ken, you know what you just said? Because <laughs> I do that a lot, see. And I have to fess up and say, yeah, you're right. I messed up. I need forgiveness. So you have to not only bear the responsibility of caring for yourself, but also the responsibility of fessing up for your failures. Galatians 6.6. 6. The one who was taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Um, it was kind of interesting when I looked at this in a, uh, the, the concept is loving service is rewarded. Uh, when I looked at this in a commentary, uh, they use this as a as, the, as an example of the fact that pastors of churches should be paid. They shouldn't have to work because their work is serving us, therefore they should be paid. Which I thought that was kind of interesting. But in the context of what we're looking at, the reward we're going to receive, we know isn't here, it's there. Which we just sang about. Right? But I would like to suggest to you that if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven concept, um, there are rewards that we will receive for service even here. And like I said, with the folks that were serving at Vacation Bible School, that energy that they got to do what they did came from God. And the joy in their heart that they have, we had four young children that received Christ as Savior, and the joy in the heart of the young lady that did that, it's a joy you'll never understand unless you've done it. And the coolest part of it is, is the fact that she, she witnessed to these kids and four kids got saved is she remembered sitting in them same chairs with somebody ministering to her and her getting saved in that same chair. Isn't that cool? That's what, that's what loving service does. So that's the reward we receive here on earth. Because there ain't nothing feeling better than to hear that story when that young girl said to me, and you were my teacher. I'm good. (laughs) I can go now. I'm done. There's your reward, folks. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So that while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Loving service reaps its harvest. Okay. We're called to serve. We are designed to work for God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, I'm going to end with this, so you can take your fingers out of Galatians. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, and not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. once that confession of your sin has been made and that repentance fills your life as you turn from the works of evil to the works of good. As salvation has taken place in your heart and the Holy Spirit of God has come and taken up residence within you, it's time to go to work. I remember singing an old hymn. that said, work for the night is coming when all work is through. I think every one of you has had conversation with other believers saying, man, we're in the end times. We can see things happening. Scripture is being fulfilled right in front of us. That night is coming. I'd like to believe, I've always believed in my heart, that I'll hear that trumpet when that last person gets saved. Whoever that person is, whoever, I don't know who it is, I did, I'd be running over there now. But then when that last person gets saved, the trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us who remain will be caught up in the air to meet him in the air. And I know that each believer here is excited for that moment. So let's run around and get getting people saved. <laughs> we got to find that last person. Let's get to work. Because that's what we're called to do. You are designed to serve. Let's pray. Ah, Father, we're just so thankful for your word. Man, it is so cool how you reveal to us things that we think are so difficult yet turn out to be so simple. To love you and to love our neighbor with the love that can only come from the Holy Spirit of God. Father, if there's someone in the sound of my voice right now that has never made that confession of faith, Father, I pray you'll prick their conscience that the Holy Spirit will work on their heart, that it will be softened to the works of God and that they will trust you as Savior. And for those of us, Father, who are saved, I pray that now you'll be working in our hearts to guide and lead us to where you want us to serve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you have made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior or if you would like to support God's Word through this ministry by visiting www.commitmentchurch.org. You can also visit loveallnations.org for more information and to receive encouraging videos. Lastly, if you or your family reside in the South Jersey area, please visit us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021.